Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Peace in Islam. No, it's Rally Bay. This is Crystal City Consult at Twitter. Ab originate Latin media. In total effect, right about now. Tonight we have Shua Elohim, naked and not ashamed. We'll begin that with our brother Noble, Munti Yashua. And he will be interviewing the Queen. She graces us with her presence. Optimus de Venus Regina de Nes Mater, Verbamens Vinculum, Yahshua, Yahshua Elohim. We will be right back. We're going to have some chakra opener. As soon as that completes, so we'll begin at 7 o'clock. Total effect. Chakra opener. Numero uno. Rap came from us. It started in the South Bronx. It started with conscious rappers. and sisters who are rappers. See, you're part of a scheme, but you don't realize you and are an unwitting collaborator in a scheme that is to destroy you and your future. Let's be very clear. I ain't here to drink beer, smoke weed, shoot the breeze and break bread with you. I'm only here to resurrect the living dead with you. Thought it was some kind of a game. I'm not playing with you. I got the Morris Warlords with Moroccan shorts, swords, Ethiopians with white face camouflage. Already disciplined and ready for that sabotage. You listen to Minaj? Worse? You should kill yourself and everybody that you came with. Arrangements out of jurisdictional arraignment. My name gets mentioned through the ethers, through hot frequency speakers. Certified 45, get in line. Make this revolution rap your favorite pastime. Make listen to Kuhn Tune your very last time. Last time, he was CO and now he's gangstified. Pushing keys, catching bodies, man, somebody lied. I'd rather listen to that guy noise, levitate with fly boys. Organize an army, bang dead press. Understand I'm not a missionary, just a devil's adversary. Extraordinary, compliment the feds. And most listening are subject to conditioning. They need a hook, something snappy just to pull them in. I truly sympathize. I hope this pretty singing satisfies. Now should we get back to Three minutes. 
separating gods from the nigger men, separating chicken heads from the heroines. They tell me constantly that I should change my content. You're just too conscious, maybe you should narrow in. Rhyme more about that street life heroin. Make it amplify, glorify the hell you're in. But where the hell you been? Clearly you don't know me then. Spit flame, Ethan all, Jada Pink and set it off. I gang bang on opposition till his head is off. His arm, neck, leg, arm, nailed to a cross. You're not a mob boss, Florentini, Machiavelli. Closest you are to Italian, it's sauce and spaghetti. The flow is deadly. Hip-hop, jihad, medley. They can tell I was a rebel the moment they met me. Gotta respect me. The 85 is more than sex me. Occupied by the five till I let them sweat me. You can bet me. Phoenix if they try to dead me. And the Republic of Gorillas is ready to wreck me. I pull verses from my screen for the have-nots. Who seem caught between the rocks and the hard spots. And most listening are subject to conditioning. They need a hook-up snappy just to pull them in. I truly sympathize, I hope this pretty singing satisfies Now should we get back to business then I'm not the only one can tell that something's going on We hustle harder every day and barely holding on These big banks getting breaks that we'll be gully on And they'll freeze your assets, keep your scullies on The same Babylon upgraded red bottom And he was about that revolution to the feds got him My man Scott got three to five for a bag of weed But be a priest and rape boys walk scot-free I bet you thinking that I'm kidding cause I'm throwing stones It isn't me, it's ain't your in my chromosomes, impatient ancestors raging through my ribosomes. These scrolls translated through a microphone. The freedom banger, hanger, Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood. Yahoo Japan Auctions is the largest auction website in Japan for serious collectors. This You're not a mob boss, Florentini, Machiavelli. Closest you are to Italian, it's sauce and spaghetti. The flow is deadly. Hip-hop, jihad, medley. They can tell I was a rebel the moment they met me. Gotta respect me. The 85 is more than sex me. Occupied by the five till I let them sweat me. You can bet me. Phoenix, seven o'clock. And the Republic of the ready to wreck me. All right. I'm about to yield the floor right now. Brother Moon, are you in the building? New York, are you in the building? I am, I am, I am. Thank you, my brother. That's okay, that's okay. Peace to the queen, all protection to you. We're going to immediately yield the floor to you. I'm Robert Riley Bay, and um, we have Yeshua Elohim, and um, we're about to yield the floor right away to the queen. Will you please start the class, queen? Thank you very much. Shaquan. Okay. Uh, actually, my interviewer, my interviewee, he's not present at this moment, but I will just give you a little bit about myself. Um, yes, my name is Yeshua Elohim, and... Um, Basically, the name itself came with the spiritual transformation that I went to went through back in the latter parts of the 1990s. Um, my whole uh, 
uh, purpose is to speak on and to educate, not even to, well, I'll say educate, to draw out, because that's what education is. is, It is to draw you out. Um, And that is to draw out the soul, the soul and the soul purpose of each and every individual that I come across. So uh, the show was titled Naked and Not Ashamed. Um, It comes from, that title itself comes from a play that uh, I wrote back in, maybe four or five years ago, I wrote that play. But I wrote that play based on me just uncovering myself, uncovering myself before the divine and allowing the divine or the infinite one that is within me, outside of me, to shed me of my preconceived false beliefs that I had about myself. And that's how Naked and Ashamed was born. Um, I come from a Christian background. Um, At one point in my life, I became an ordained minister uh, during that time. And um, in my soul's journey, uh, whatever I needed, whatever I needed, I got it from that faith during that time. However, that faith, and as I evolved as an individual, could not sustain and support my spiritual cultivation. So I had to continue the journey on myself, um, moving towards my soul's purpose. So um, I don't know why Amun is not on this call. He should be uh, on uh, this Amun, call. Amun is on this call. <laughs> yeah, Ma, he was here as soon as you started. Yeah. Uh, Moon is on this call, sister. <laughs> so, um, so um, I, I have a question for you. The question the question is this. What was it that basically um gave you the whole concept of a soul purpose? What what was it that happened in your life that made you develop this con- concept or made you conscious of it or even acknowledge this? Um, I have to say that the purpose itself was developing me. It was developing me, and as I became more and more spiritually mature, I was able to see it for what it was, to see, to see that, yes, we, we come here through the flesh, we come here through the wound of our mothers, however, there's another that comes with us, and that other that comes with us is the reason why we're here. It's the reason for the season. And that is the soul's purpose. Everybody's soul's purpose is different. It looks different. It smells different. Um, but that's why we come here. But going back to your question, it the over time, it seasoned and it developed itself until I was spiritually mature enough to receive and to embrace the calling. Yeah. Okay. I remember... Um... I was I think I was browsing through your profile, your, your online profile, and mm-hmm. I seen I seen something that you've been building on in regards of the twin flames. Mm-hmm. Could you um could you explain that to us about the twin flames? Uh, okay. 
So we we are all familiar with soulmate. Um, however, uh, there is another. There's a twin flame that resides within us that we connect to outside of us for the purpose of the soul. It they come together as one, and it's not always a romantic. It's not always in a romantic situation. It has absolutely nothing to do with intimacy. It's just two people come together, and they have the same purpose, the same soul purpose, the same pattern. And they know themselves. They know who they are. They know who they are. I'll, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I, would ne- I never thought in a million years, well, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to use that. I never thought in all of my days, of being Yahshua Elohim, that I would meet someone that's Yahshua. His last name is Yahshua. I would never think that. And when that happened to me, I knew, I knew, oh, my goodness, this this is the person. We we have the same path. We're going down the same road. Uh, and this is one that I need to be linked to. And that's what the twin souls are all about, but I will say this. Uh, you cannot recognize your twin flame, the twin flame, the twin soul, unless you recognize the twin soul and the twin flame within you. You know, they say, and you, you listen to a lot of YouTube flicks, and they'll say, well, you, meet your, you, can, meet your YouTube, you can meet your twin flame. Of course you can meet him. But if you have not met that which is in you, you're not going to meet him outside of you or her outside of you. Matter of fact, if you meet them outside and you have not come to it within yourself, you ain't gonna even you won't even notice them. They won't notice you. You'll be invisible to them and you know, vice versa. It will it will go just in that way because it comes with uh, uh, once again, a spiritual maturity. It comes with a matru- spiritual maturity. And it is unlike that of a soul mate. We're all soul mates to one another. We're all soul mates. But this, this pattern, this twin flame, this twin soul is working. They're working here. They've come together to build a foundation, to establish a foundation for the workings of humanity, for humanity. That is the purpose of them coming together, to bring about a change within humanity, the culture, the community itself. Mm. Okay, so the twin flame is, in other words, not a soulmate, but not a soulmate in the intimate sense, but like a, a soulmate in in regards of um, a journey or an inspirational soulmate where somebody basically work together to achieve a certain goal or something of yes. that nature? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. And I'll, I'll, I will say, I'll say this as well. You know, there are some, there are some twin flames who, who do become involved with each other. And, but they don't call it a relationship. They call it a union. It's a union. It's a uniting of the souls. 
coming together. It happens that way, you know. Um, you can, you know, and there's no age. It has absolutely nothing to do with age. It's all about the purpose of the soul. The soul wants to do a thing on the earth. So it brings these two individuals together to do this thing on the earth. Hmm. Okay. So how does somebody recognize the purpose of their soul? How can one identify that? Uh, I, I'll say by praying, by prayer and fasting, by prayer and fasting. And, it's, it, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes faith because two people can meet one another and they can know, but sometimes they might not know. Sometimes the ego gets in the way and they'd be like, they'd be tripping, you know. <laughs> but eventually the circle will come back to a close and they'll see each other again or they'll talk to each other again and it's almost like there was never a disconnection there. It was just a knee-jerking experience and they they stay connected. Oh, okay. All right, Um. Yeah, I'm aware that you are working on a book, and is could you um tell us a little bit about your project? Yes, um, the book is called a long a cold walk home, and the subtitle is is PTSD uh, decoded. Um, back in well, right after high school, when I went into the Marine Corps. Uh, there were some situations that I found myself in that were very challenging and very intense. And uh, with that, uh, I started to see someone, and I was diagnosed with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I was diagnosed with it. And um, that's what the book talks about. Now, I'm going to go back to the sole purpose as well because the soul soul's purpose tie into this. One thing that I mentioned today on you know, on my on my talk show, the blog talk, is that the soul itself and the ego itself, all the ego and all the hurt hurts and wounds and disorders or whatever you want to call it, they come together and they fuse. They fuse themselves together. And this is a constant and consistent motion. They move in, they move out. It's like a contract. They contract and then they expand. Contract, expand. And what happens is over a period of time, they collapse. They begin to collapse upon themselves. And this is why people, you hear people say born again. You don't just get born again one time. You're always being born again. Because the soul and the ego and all its disorders come together, expand, contract, and um, and uh, collapse upon itself, so they can bring about a new. And then you continue to move up the stage, up the levels, up the uh, you know the ladder of uh, your spirituality or cultivation of your spirituality. And that's what was with me and the post-traumatic stress disorder, is that the post-traumatic stress disorder basically put parameters around me 
while my soul cultivated me within these parameters. And I could not go outside of these parameters. I could not go outside. So we need our ego. However however that ego may look and whatever cost it may come to bear, we need that because this thing, total divine cooperation with the soul purpose. They're never against one another. They're never, never against one another because they come here to cooperate with one another. But because we have free will, we have to say yes to the call or we can resist it. Now, what can happen when you resist it is that you can feel the separation. You can feel the the constant and intense separation between the soul and the ego. You can actually feel the ego moving in one direction and the soul going in another. Or better yet, the soul never moves. It stays still. It's always centered. But for whatever reason, you're moving away from that. And you can feel the tension, the intensity of that. This is why I say the PTSD place parameters around me. So whenever I feel the stress or the strain of my soul being separated, you know, I know right away I have to get back in alignment. I know right away I'm out of alignment. And that's basically what the book is about. You know, I decoded it. When I decoded PTSD, it, you know, it just came out protected, tested, supported, and divinely connected. So, um, you know, that's that's what it is. And it's all about living in the world but not being of the world. You know, I'm not of this world. I live here, and I live here with the PTSD, but I'm not of this world because I'm protected, tested, supported, and divinely connected on a continuous basis. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty deep. So the... Uh... So purpose kind of battles against the ego? Is there like a conflict between the two? The soul um, and the ego? I, I, I don't want to use the word battle because I don't want to use the word battle. I'll say cooperation. It is, it is the free will. It is the free will that prevents us from yielding to that divine cooperation of the soul and the ego because you have to understand they come here together and they know what they need to know already. But because we come here with free will, we we can choose. We can choose to go with the ego. We can choose to go with the soul or we can choose to remain centered and take both in and move in, uh, you know, oneness, unity with that. Okay. That's pretty deep. So uh, I noticed that you have your own definition of PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you define that definition and explain why you choose to define it that way? 
Um, because I, going back to the 11 laws of God on the Medicine Nectar, or the 11 principles, one thing for sure is that I was created in the likeness and the image of God, okay? With that, I have to, it is imperative that I understand who is doing what. Who is doing what? So when I say that, I'm saying, you know, when I, PTSD, when I mention PTSD, if I go into a hospital now and I say, I have PTSD, there's a part of me that says, who is saying, I have PTSD? And then there's a part of me that knows I am protected, tested, supported, and divinely connected. So that's why that's why I had to decode it because I can't I'm not going to allow something that the world has presented and placed on me and be dictated and swayed based on their definition. Because at the end of the day, it's not what you imagine yourself to be. It's who is doing the imagining. Who is doing it? The world says one thing, but I say something else. And I say that I am that I am. I'll be this, but I am that I am. I'll be that too, but I am that I am. Therefore, I'm always protected, tested, supported, and divinely connected. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so what's the abbreviation of that again, the PTSD? <laughs> post-traumatic. The world calls it post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm, and you call it? I call it protected. Test, uh, no, protected, tested, supported, divinely Next. Okay. All right, Ms. Yashua Elohim. So um, why are you naked and not ashamed? <laughs> because uh, I have conquered the world. When And when I say that, I'm saying that I have conquered the emotional aspects of who I am, the emotional bodies, the physical bodies, the uh, uh, mental bodies that are within me. And I'm in total cooperation of that. I don't have anything to fear, absolutely nothing to fear. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm secure in myself. I'm very secure in myself. I don't have anything to hide. I'm very transparent. Um, And, I mean, just the mere fact that I can just, come on the show and say, and this is the first time that I've ever done this PTSD thing on the show. I've never really said it out loud, but um, for me to do this, this is a major, major big step. Uh, Naked and Not Ashamed, it was a play, basically, that I I wrote some years ago. Um, In regards, it had a lot to do with my sexual orientation, it had a lot to do with the domestic violence that I suffered from. It had a lot to do with the insecurities that I had within myself. 
uh, as a woman and as a black woman. It had it, it touched so many spaces and places within me that you know I just I just became undone. I became undone and uh, naked, naked and not ashamed before the gods because you know. I had to get to a point where I see, I saw myself just as my divine self sees me. I had to get to that that point, and that's without blemishes. Therefore, everything is just an experience, a tool. Okay, your next question. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah, he might have. Might yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, so so basically, naked and not ashamed is like a proverb, such as not being ashamed of the inner you, revealing the inner you. Is I correct when I say that, or? Yes, I'm misinterpreting you're, this. No, you're you're very correct. You're very correct. Uh, I'm not ashamed to talk about uh, the rape and the molestations that I that I suffered from. I'm not ashamed to talk about domestic violence that I suffered, um, because this soul, once again, this soul journey is about long suffering. However, you do it, you're gonna do it. You're going to do the suffering because it needs to be, you need to have that in order to, for the fusion between the ego and the soul to come together and collapse upon itself for you to be born again. Um, I'm not ashamed to talk about those things because I see them as blessings. Therefore, I can't look at them and say, God, I wish I could change this. I can, I don't have regrets. I don't have regrets about my life and where I am today. I don't have regrets. You know, I look around I look around where I'm living right now, where I'm living right now, the furthest part of Long Island. And I look at the environment, I look at my home in which I live in, and I look around and I say, wow, I couldn't have made this up. I didn't create this. Something else, something else created this. I just went along for the ride. And um, in doing so, you know, um, I was placed in an environment where my creativity can be cultivated. I was placed in an environment where my spirituality can be groomed and cultivated. I was placed, and I didn't make it up. I didn't say, okay, I want to do, no. No, but I did say yes to the call. I did say yes to the call, and I stayed on it. I stayed on that call. All right. All right, all right. So um, tell us about this journey, you know, this journey that you have embarked upon that basically, you know, uh, initiated this, how shall I say, that basically initiated this mission that you was now taking upon. You know, like the, the the transformational process, the journey of transformation, basically, you know what I'm saying, you migrating from the south 
and relocating up north and through that process, you know what I'm saying, how did that trans how did that um, transform you into who you are now? Well, you know what I'm saying, what was it in, in, in that journey that basically, you know what I'm saying, that gave you that spark to um, initiate the movement that you're doing now? Mm. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's deep because what comes to mind, mind's eye is that the journey itself carried me. It, it, yeah, it was almost like, uh, the mother nature or something of mothering was carrying me in the womb of itself. And, um, it just, I, I I really can't describe it. I I can't. All I can say is that it carried me. The journey itself carried me. I will say uh, that before I even got on the journey, I started having dreams and visions. Uh, I, you know, my ancestors would come and visit me. Um, even even leaving home once I came to the realization that I could no longer live in that space in which I was living in uh, because it could no longer support me was, you know, I went on a fast. You know, everything seemed like everything comes by fasting and praying. But I went on a fast, and in that fast, probably at the end of it, a man appeared before me. Uh, I've never, I don't know who this man is, but to this day, I just know he was a man. And um, we were talking telepathically. Let me go back. Let me go back. When I... (laughs) They they want me to say this. They want me to say, they don't want me to leave this out, is that when I became so hungry for... uh, my uh, relationship with my soul, and I couldn't find anyone. I went over to a friend's house who I knew had reefer all the time. She had pot all the time. And um, (laughs) I was just so down and out that I was like, you know what, just forget it. I have got to get out of my mind right now because my mind is really taking me through this trip. And um, I went over to my friend's house, and I, you know, she met me at the door, and it seems like she was waiting for me. She knew I was getting ready to appear. And when she opened up the door, I said, look, let's get high. She didn't ask me no questions. She just agreed. And uh, she brought me into her home. We sat down in a den, and she rolled up this joint. I guess there was a blunt. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Um, and probably four. I took four drags off of that, <laughs> off that, off of that joint, and it sent me into another space of consciousness. And when I went into that space, yes, of course, I was trying to enjoy my high, but in the midst of enjoying my high, this door 
just flew open. This double doors just swung open, and I just floated into the conference room. And there you have it. Yeah, I have all all the apostles and all the prophets from the Bible because I was an ordained minister at that time, so I was well read when it came to the Bible. They were all sitting around this conference table, telling me that no, this is this is not what you're supposed to be doing. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. But what what is so interesting about this meeting is that I remember that that part, but the whole the other part I don't remember us saying anything. And most of the time, not even most of the time, but all the time when I meet my guides and ancestors in a dream or a vision, we speak telepathically. So after that, after I came out of that, whatever I was in, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I I knew exactly what I needed to do, and I began to move based on what I had experienced in that in that high. So at some time after that I went on a fast and the day the fast probably lasted anywhere between thirty to maybe forty days. I don't know. Um I had bread and water and I just fasted because I needed some answers. I needed some answers. And uh the last day of that fast I got in my car $34 in my pocket, and I headed north. And I had a cousin who was in Atlanta. I stayed with her for like two months. And all of a sudden, things were not going right. They were not going the way that I wanted them to go. And my cousin, she, you know, she kind of got tired of that. And she was like, look, you know, she left me a, a note on my pillow saying, Look, you know, uh, your time here had expired. You need to be out at such and such. You know, you need to be out within two weeks because you all your things. And I was devastated. I was devastated. But at the same time, that was a part of me that remained at peace with itself because it knew the past. It knew the past. Before I even left home, everything had completely expired. Everything had completely completely expired. So when she used the term, just that term, expired, I knew she wasn't the one that was writing the note. It was something else in her that was writing that note and saying, look, it's time for you to do something. So what happened after that is that I went, I went back into prayer and I think the next day, I went into this bookstore uh, called The Other Side. It's in Atlanta. Get this now. It's called The Other Side. And I met an individual in that bookstore. And I kid you not, when I sat down with that individual in that bookstore, the spirit, the spirit said to me, this is your vehicle to get you from one place to the other. Now. I wasn't aware of what that other place was going to look like so or what it was, where it was. Come to find out, the individual was from North Carolina, lived in Fayetteville, and worked in Durham, North Carolina. 
and I wind up in Durham, North Carolina, working at the Know Thyself bookstore. Mm. <laughs> and wow. in that, I learned everything that I needed to know, I needed to know, and I needed to understand in regards to my ancestors uh, and as a black woman. Actually, I had a mentor. I also had a mentor there. He was from the Ashanti tribe. He wrote several books. Uh, one of them is Psychotechnology of Brainwashing. He talks about the Wheeler Lynch. But he told me about the story of Sankofa. He told me that story, and it stuck, it stuck with me. It stuck with me, and it's still with me. I am the Sankofa. So in that process, once again, <laughs> I, you know, I'm being fermented or German, whatever you want to call it. I'm being groomed. And I'll say this, you know, whenever you're on a spiritual journey, as you become more and more mature, mature, your questions become more and more sophisticated for the spiritual realm. They become more and more sophisticated to fit the spiritual realm. You no longer need to know about your ancestors, but you need to know where you came from before you came through the the wound of your mother. Those kind of questions. And that's the question that I, I ask myself, well, now that I know that I'm a black, you know, I know who I am as a black woman. And the strength, the strength of that, I know the strength in which I come from. Who was I before I came through my mother's womb? Who was I before my mother and father got together to bring forth a child, which is I? Who was I? I began to ask those questions. Questions like that opened up. It opened up a whole new dimension, another portal for me. Uh, sometime after that, uh, I was told by the Spirit to go to Egypt. It was time for me to go to Egypt. And, um, of course, I kind of like, you know, question it, but uh, I I agreed to it. I agreed to it. I said, okay, fine. Uh, I went to a travel agency and they booked me on a tour. I toured the uh, upper upper and lower part of Egypt for nine days. And while others were experiencing the tour from a external perspective, I was doing it internally, energetically. The ancestors were speaking to me. Um, and on my trip, on the flight, I just happened to meet another individual. And <laughs> This individual was from New York. And once again, Spirit said, this is your vehicle to get you from one place to the other. Now, when this happened, I was like, oh, no, no, no. We ain't going to do this. This is not happening. Because I had already established myself in North Carolina. I said, no, this is not happening. What are, what are you talking about? And it happened. It happened. I wind up selling everything, getting rid of everything, <laughs> dropping out of everything, and coming, coming to New York. I went through a, a very intensive uh, initiation that took me into another portal, uh, which opened up into other dimensions within myself. And 
In that, I wind up in Patchaw, New York. Uh, Patchaw, Long Island, New York. Now, what is so interesting about this is that um, something about island. I enjoy, or the soul itself enjoys the island. Um, and I say that because when I graduated from high school, I went into the Marine Corps. I uh, did my training on Paris Island, another mm-hmm. island. And then my first duty station was in Okinawa, Japan, which was, I was stationed at Camp Kansas, lower part of Okinawa, an island on Japan. So I'm like, you know, it's just something about islands. Uh, and I, I, I have to say, if you're on an island, you're on an island because, you know, you can't be, you don't have access. Uh, you're, you're in a, almost like you're placed in a cocoon where certain energies cannot venture or come off into that cocoon. They cannot even, you know, they can't, they can't be in that space. Uh, that's how I rationalize that. That is my mind, and I'm rationalizing it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how that transformation came about. Now, my name, the spirit didn't start talking to, talking to me about my name until I got to Durham, North Carolina, uh, or Fayetteville, North Carolina. And what happened is the spirit was talking to me about changing my name. It's time for you to change your name. And I'm like, no, why would you want, why would you want to do that? It's time for you to change your name because things are different. You're different. And um, I went to this church, and in this church, there was a, like, in the pavilion of this church, there was a table that had a uh, a bowl with a lot of pendants in it, pins. And there was one pin that said Yeshua, it said Yeshua. And before I can even gather that pen into my hand, uh, the energy of it threw itself onto me. It actually threw itself onto me. But I took the pen and I just put it in my pocket. And I didn't say anything about it. So when I got to Durham, then I started receiving the confirmation. Um, There were, you know, certain Muslims that that I would talk to while I was working at the no bookstore, and they would talk to me about changing my name. And um, with that, um, <clears throat> you okay, brother? Hello, hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're still here, so you could you could continue. <laughs> It just you want sometimes, me? yeah. Sometimes we we have some callers just call in, and you know, what I'm saying we don't get a chance to mute them. So you know, what I mean, we got to hear all that stuff they have in the background. Oh, so. oh, <laughs> okay. oh, okay. Um, but um, you know, I had Muslims who would talk to me about changing my name. Um, now a Christian wouldn't say this to me, but a Muslim would because they have the template. They have that template to 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 have their names changed. 
to go out and change their name. Christians, it's very rare that you run across a Christian who would change their name. It's very that's very rare. Uh, because a lot of them don't live in the Old Testament. A lot of them live in the New Testament. Um, and that's where they resonate from. But, yeah, and then I start, you know, I said, okay, if you're going to change the first name, we've got to do the last name too. How are we going to do the last name? And I, got, I started doing research. And this is when I came in contact with uh, uh, Grandmaster uh, Malachi York. And, uh, I mean, his material just completely opened me wide open. I mean, it just opened me up. And um, I received Elohim out of his material. Elohim is plural, many gods, and Moses was one of them. Uh, Quite a few of the prophets were Elohim. They come from the Elohim. So... That's how I came came about with Yahshua Elaine, and it has always stuck with me. Wow, interesting. What scroll was it that you read from the Grandmaster, Dr. Malachi York? Excuse me? What what um, book from the Grandmaster, Dr. Malachi York, that you have read that inspired you to get the title? Elohim. What scroll was it that you read? Um, <laughs> I, I read quite a few of his books, but I would say that one book stuck with me, and that's the Mysteries of God Revealed. Um, it's the scroll 163. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, as far as the Sankusa, I mean, if I if I pronounce that right, could you um give us a brief bio of Sankufa? Um, Sankofa comes from I want to say, and I, I you know what I'm not gonna say. I'm just gonna say that it comes from one of the African tribes, but I'm not really sure if it comes from the Adinka tribe or it comes out of Ghana. Uh, I know that my mentor was from Ghana. He was from the tribe of the Ashati. So Sankofa, it it means to turn back, turn back and fetch that which is lost. And it's it's talking to our people, people of color, it's saying to turn back and fetch the history of your people and bring it forth so that you may prosper. So that's Sankofa. Now, I took it a little bit further because I drew back a little bit further. I I not only went back to my people, I went to somewhere else, and that was beyond what is material, and that's where the infinity comes in at. Because I recognize, I, yes, I recognize that I am the Sankofa of my ancestors, but I also recognize that I am the likeness and the image of God. And that's how that came about. So what do you mean by the Sankofa of my ancestors? 
how can one define Sankofa? Like, okay, you got a brief description of Sankofa, but how can one define Sankofa? What would be a good way of defining Sankofa? I mean, well, if you want to define it, you can, if you want to look up the definition, you can easily go to uh, Google and do it. But this is the thing. You know, to to read the definition is one thing, but to experience, to have the experience of Sankofa is another. You can read stuff all day long, but if you don't have the experience to support what you are reading, to me it means it, you, you're just walking around with a bunch of information. You That's all. You just have a lot of information. You know, you're no different than me sitting in, in a, uh, a classroom with a bunch of professors who are teaching me because half of them, they have not experienced the things that they teach. They they teach you based on the material that they they have academically accumulated. Uh, with me, and I'm so glad you bring that point up because it, I have to say this. When I was a young child, I was watching this movie called Sybil. And I don't know if you know anything about this movie, but anyway, in this movie, there's a young woman who has a, a, a personality disorder. And she has this disorder where her personalities are out of order. She's fragmented. She's divided against herself. So everything, you know, her personalities, they pop out, pop out here and there, you know, like archetypes. Carl Young calls them archetypes. But... There was a psychologist there, too, to help her bring all of this stuff, all of these personalities in alignment with the one individual that she is. Now, me, I'm watching this movie uh, at a young age, and I had to be at least somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. And I said within myself that I wanted to be a psychologist. I said that, that I wanted to be a psychologist. But this is the thing. The soul has something completely different <laughs> in mind because soul, if you look at the original definition of psychology, it says the study of the soul. That's the original definition of it. It didn't say you study the souls of other people. It didn't say you, stu- it, it said you study the seat of the soul. So in my journey, that's what I did. I studied myself. I came to know thyself, thyself. If we go back and I tell you about the bookstore, and I said I was I met, a, I met an individual in a bookstore called The Other Side, and then I say I met I, my first job in Durham was to know thyself, you will see that they're both tied. I crossed over to know thyself, over to the other side to know thyself. Um, And that's, I mean, they can look it up. You can look it up on Sankofa. I mean, you can look it up on Google. But if you have not yet experienced this, it's nothing but a word to you. It's nothing but a word. That's all it is to you. Okay. Well... 
we have approximately 10 minutes till closing time. So is there anything that you want to present to the audience, inform the audience about in regards to, you know what I'm saying, the upcoming projects, you know what I'm saying, what you have planned, you know, um, things that you feel that, you know what I'm saying, we should know in regards to your work or in regards to yourself as the closing of the show? Okay. Um, if you, I mean, if you choose to follow me or if things uh, that I say resonate with you, you can um, you can always follow me. I have Facebook, Sanko Infinity. I have WordPress.com. Uh, you can find me, uh, Sanko Infinity 13. Uh, what else? And I'm on Blog Talk Radio. I do it every Sunday at 12 o'clock. Um, New York time. <laughs> I do it every Sunday at 12 o'clock. And um, also, in the near future, I'll be hosting um, someone who who I consider my twin flame. Um, but he doesn't know this. Uh, but I'll be hosting him in the future, and he will come on and talk about uh, math, mathematics. I'm not a math person. I, I love numbers. I love numbers. He loves to formulate them and manipulate them and make them, make them look a certain way. So um, I'm really looking forward to that, hosting that show, and we'll be on Blog Talk Radio doing our thing. Okay, so um, how could we find you on WordPress? Uh, just, just go to WordPress.com. Sanko for Infinity, I mean, WordPress slash, well, just go to the site, WordPress, and uh, just type in Sanko for Infinity uh, in their search, Sanko for Infinity 13, and you'll find, you'll find some of the materials that I have written. I've written things on uh, Soul Purpose. I've written things on even regard in regards to Jay Z and uh, Beyonce. I I absolutely adore Jay Z. Who would think I would adore him? Um, but you know, my whole my whole thing in this life is about cultivating uh, one's spirituality and restoring and reclaiming the inner peace that is within. Because if you don't have inner peace, that inner peace within, everything else is going to collapse upon itself. It will, it has to, because inner peace is the very foundation of all things, of all other things that must exist. And without that inner peace, nothing else can exist. Uh, So you can find me there. Sometimes I do YouTube. uh, YouTube flicks, you can look me up, Sankofa Infinity, Yashua Elohim. Uh, my blog talk radio uh, show is called Come As You Are. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. If you just type in my name, I'm going to pop up somewhere. And, uh, yeah, you can always find me. I'm accessible. I'm definitely uh, accessible. Okay, now, um, the Blind Talk Radio, Sundays, every Sunday at 12 o'clock. Um, could you get the call-in number, just in case somebody in the audience may want to attend that next Sunday? Um, Absolutely, absolutely. 
while we're waiting, is there any questions from the audience? Did I get any? I <laughs> yeah, um, you had you had people on the call. Really? Yeah, you had people on the call. Just I guess, uh, oh yeah, it was on the call. They just they just hung up. I think because they heard it, it was over, so they didn't get it. Feel they think they were gonna get a chance to ask the question, so they hung up. Uh, uh well. Yeah, but then you also got people, a lot of the audience, they go back into the episodes, you know what I'm saying, and they listen to them. You know, yeah, the a lot archives. Of, a lot, yeah, yeah, they go to the archive because they are aware of the archives. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you, if you were to get that number, you know what I'm saying, it would still be beneficial because people will go back to the archives, you know, and be able to contact you when they hear the okay. end of this show. Okay, well, the number the number to call in is 646. Five nine five three six four six. You can always call in, uh, and the pin number is six seven one seven three three four four six three. Okay, all right. Sound good. Sound good. Yeah. So we got we got approximately five more minutes. Is there anything else? you need to inform us about? Um, no, not really. If there's uh, uh, another question that you would want me to ask, uh, I, you know, answer, I would. Okay. What about you, um, Lobo Terrell? you have any questions for the goddess? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just want to ask the queen to uh, tell us, um, what the queens can do to try to um, find their self in terms of their inner self and stop looking outside their self for what was to them in terms of um, worship by to something that was telling them to bow down when we all come from the queens. So how they can um, find a better way to uh, see their inner intelligence as compared to always being uh, given the outer self as the beginning, which it's not. Um, that's a you know that's a very broad question because it's different for every individual. But I'll I'll you know I'll stay focused on me. For me, it was just a matter of me looking in the mirror and being honest with myself and. Uh, realizing that I was more than what was appearing before me. Uh, and in realizing, I just started studying. I started asking questions. I started looking for, I started looking for pictures that had the same reflection as me, that looked like me um, too often. Too often, you know, my sisters, are looking outside of themselves. They're running after a feather in the wind based on conditions. And no one, no one, no one is not, is telling them to go within, to go within, to go within. No one is telling them that. And no one is going to tell them that. 
they have to recognize that there's something more within them that needs to be drawn out. And it, it cannot be covered up by makeup, fingernail polish, uh, shredded hair. It cannot be covered up like that because when you go before the gods and the goddesses, you must go naked and not ashamed, and that's without. You must show yourself naked. Um, I didn't come here with makeup, and I didn't come here with a lot of hair. Uh, you know, I didn't come here with long fingernails and wearing high heels, showing off myself. I didn't come here like that. So because I didn't come here like that, I said I must return. And I did that because I was honest with myself. And that's where they have to start with themselves. Thank you very much. Uh, we would like at your convenience uh, for you to come back and continue um, building with us. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. We most definitely appreciate your acceptance of our invitation. Thank you, Amun. Yes. Any time, sister. So there's only um two minutes left in the call. You know, we can um basically end the call with a track at this moment. So if you if you'd like to end the call then you're more than welcome. If you don't have anything else that you would like to present. No, I'm done. Okay. All right then, Hotep, beloved. Thank you very much. Love you too. Bye-bye. Yeah. So, Brother Terrell, can you go ahead and uh, we got enough time, man, for at least one track? No doubt. No doubt, God. That's that's, that's what it is. Got that. I got that, God. All right, God. I want to thank the Queen once again. That was was very elevating and uplifting. We always always benefit when when the Queens come. And build with us. What is born? Always spiritual, man. With the queen, yeah. man. No doubt. I'm feeling it. Feeling it. Yeah. What is Indigenous Crystal City Consult. Twitter, Indigenous. Excuse me. Crystal City Consult. Aborigine. It's the right way y'all can face it. Crystal City Consult and Twitter, Aborigine. Black media all day long. We're going to finish with this track by our brother Sizzler. Been in the building for a minute. Praise ye, Jah. Where is born, God? Shaquan. Shaquan. And you can find articles, books, Website development, music at kinggcorporated.com. Brother, man, you can do all the plugs right over the music. Brother, Moon in the building with announcements. And also be tuned every Monday and Wednesday for our book discussion class on May. We're going to be building on the book called World's Great Mans of Color. 
And for those who have already purchased a copy, we will be building from page 200 to 239. 200 to 239, make sure you read that the book discussion and also be aware that you can purchase this book world great men's of color by jr by excuse me j.a rogers edited by john henry clark you can purchase this book at k-i-n-g-g-e-e-i-n-c.com that is king g incorporated.com
next week or the week after. We will have in between past shows to remind and remember. Like I said, remember, I saw. I'm Lobo Trally Bay. Tonight, Brother Munti Yashua, Noble Brother Munti Yashua, interviewed Yashua El- Elohim, Optimist of the Gina Janes Matera, Yashua Elohim, and she will be back to build with us. We still are elevating and levitating from our time with her, and we will continue. Passe Quarinsula. Yes, Molière, Autem, Calbo, Calbo. Passe. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.